welcome everybody to another episode of the Angry Wargamer. I am Jason, the Angry Wargamer, and we have Drew in Orlando, and then we have a guest, a listener, I guess. I mean, at least he said he listened to us. <laughs> All uh, the time. What? All the time. I listen to you guys. Fantastic. Uh, so that's promising. We got some feedback then. Uh, Cedric, he's the new guy, so uh, I guess go around and say hi, everybody. <laughs> What's up? Hello. <laughs> I don't know how this is working. Uh, just like a hi, I guess. Um, we yeah, usually do like a, I mean, like what's been going on type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But really nothing's happened in like the last week. So, yeah, it's kind of boring. You don't say. I know. Well, Orlando hasn't been here. So, Orlando, you got any updates? Well. I got sent home because I got sick as all hell and basically sat out of the work for the rest of the week. I got tested for COVID. Negative, by the way, you lucky prick. So, uh, <laughs> so Orlando survived the Rona. That's news. <laughs> uh, I just did a uh, previous podcast with, uh, with Drew on our other uh, channel. So, nice, nice. other than that, it was a pretty damn good week. The question is, can you plug it correctly and not fuck up the name like you did on the podcast? Absolutely fucking not. I'm going to fuck it up just as much as always. Because if there's anything I'm good at, it's fucking up. Good time. Good time. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man. I mean, uh, like, should we start with the whole reason why Cedric's here? <laughs> oh, yes. He was very animated, and I think he wants to add his, uh, his full 10 cents in on this, and I'm glad to hear about it. Bring it on, Cedric. <laughs> well, so if, anybody's, if anybody hasn't listened to the last episode, to give everybody an update, Cedric is here because um, he's kind of our, like, he goes to the conventions that the FGC uh, COC would apply to uh, if they taken on per se um so yeah i guess he's got better input than we do because i don't go to any of that uh fgc stuff because um i didn't really start getting into it until like a couple years ago and i suck at fighting games so uh go ahead cedric take it over (laughs) i guess i could start with was there there wasn't any like uh updates on this or anything like it was there it was basically just they threw the thing out the fgc said they were crazy and that was it yeah, so um, they threw it out. Everyone called them crazy, but the FGC Hollywood podcast, um, if you haven't listened to them yet, they're actually pretty nice guys, Max Fleischer and them, but um, they're saying that they don't know. They're, they're assuming people are going to adopt this. So, eek. <laughs> I do think it's a, uh, it's a step in the right direction, but I was telling Drew this uh after I listened to the previous episode, that it's probably not a good time for them to be trying to implement this just because I get where they want to go and I kind of get the idea behind uh, that whole uh, FGC COC where they're trying to basically make it to, I kind of liken it to like NBA or anything like that, where if you are 
if you do something inappropriate, then there are consequences. So they want something along the lines of that, where, you know, if you're going to these events, if you're going to uh, be participating in the FTC, then it seems like they want things to have a little more action. Because from my understanding, when you go to a tournament, obviously there's certain rules in place and most people follow them for the most part. But outside of those doors, there's no like uh, there's no policing. There's nothing of the sort. People go back to their their hotel rooms. They have these these parties where anyone can get in. Anyone's drinking, underage drinking. All this stuff happens, and this is where all these stories pop up. I mean, like last year when you had all the uh, Smash players basically saying that. This person touched another person and this person had been dating this underage person. Like this is why it all happens because there's there's nothing to hold people accountable once they're outside of the venue doors. And I can understand why they would want to do that. However, this also kind of is weird because they're not in the state where they're like the NBA where um, players are always, you know, they're on a contract to be paid, you know, their salary. So I don't see the uh, point of accepting something like this just because, uh, as you guys were saying before, it is a huge invasion of privacy to not even be compensated for something that <laughs> that you might not even be getting paid for, like, you know, you go to a tournament. If some if someone like me goes to a tournament, I've entered in a tournament here and there. I'm usually out after a match or two, and that's my that's my uh, tournament experience. But I go and say uh, someone's uh, the R word, or say some slander, or someone thinks I inappropriately touched them, and I accidentally brushed upon them. Now I'm getting canceled on Twitter because we all know that cancel culture is the new thing, and uh, you know you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong you thing, canceled. and you, and you get exactly. canceled. Everybody gets canceled. Well, yeah. yeah, I think that was the whole beef that I had with it was like. It doesn't matter because the cancel culture can come even though, I mean, we saw we all saw what happened to Johnny Depp with that whole thing. It was all accusations and the guy didn't actually do anything. In fact, he was the victim in the situation and everyone canceled him like off the bat. So it's like well, even the judge canceled him with that. But that was that's a more extreme case because even the judge did. He's his statement was basically, um, well, I see all the evidence you put and it's very compelling. But I'm gonna go ahead and believe Amber Heard instead. Right. But she doesn't have any evidence, but I'm gonna believe her anyway. But that's what I mean. That's what it comes down to, like with this though, because technically the um, the sign the signatories or whatever they want to call them, the backers, whatever they want to call themselves, like they are like the judge, jury, and executioner in this case, and they're basically trying. I mean, technically they hold the venues responsible too, like with the whole thing that happened with um, what's his name. Mr. Wiz? No, it wasn't Wiz, was it? Uh, Mr. Wizard, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Wizard. Like, the whole thing I have to him. Like, you can't cancel it, because technically a convention is a business. Wait, who's Mr. Wizard again? Uh, the, is he Evo? Yes, oh, he, no. He was the, the Evo coordinator. The is that he himself admitted it. It's not that... what He admitted it, though. But yeah, Right, but here, here's what I'm saying, is that 
if they don't admit it and something comes out about one of them, like they're saying no, that that's this group perfectly of- fine. But well, I, I'm saying you can't really use him as an example because he admitted it. It's the same with that one dude from Funimation. Uh, he admitted it. I can still use him as an example because <laughs> because what happens is is now this group outside of this convention, every convention is its own business. They all have um, business licenses. They're all insured like businesses. They have to insure the venue. They make money. So you have an outside group of volunteers that could potentially shut down a business on some like on some BS that somebody overheard. And they have no real authority to investigate this private business. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get you. So I don't know. There's layers on top of layers on top of layers on this. And like, it's just it, it's still stupid. It's still dumb because <laughs> like I said, like we said at the end of the, uh, the last episode, it, the these conventions already have these rules in place. You just added hygiene to the list hygiene and like something else to the list that's all you added you didn't add shit to that these conventions already didn't even didn't have i don't know and then then being canceled for something that you do on twitch youtube uh on social media that's even more insane and then to be grandfathered in for stuff that you've done in the past that is just even dumber and I'm not sure, but a lot of those names, when you're reading off the list of like the backers or the juries or the executioners or whatever the fuck they were <laughs> calling themselves, uh, a lot of those I didn't really recognize as like tournament organizers. I'm just wondering if like maybe some of them are tournament organizers. Like there's so many tournaments around the U.S. that it's very hard to keep track. But uh some of the more popular ones I didn't even recognize, like Alex Bailey. Like, I don't think he was mentioned at all. No, he wasn't even on that. And it would, it would be a smart move to like, if you're trying to come up with all these rules and obviously you're not like the NBA, you're trying to do all these things. Like, obviously you can't go too far. Like going outside and outside of the venue and, you know, policing what people do on Twitch and, and all this other stuff, that's just kind of absurd and out of the question. Like, people need to have their freedom outside of the tournament, unless this is going to be an actual league, which then you would need to set up with the tournament organizers to begin with. But if you weren't working with the tournament organizers, then it's just like, okay, we made all these rules and we want tournament organizers to to adopt them. They should have been in on the conversation from the get-go because you know, they're just as as important as any of these people who are trying to make these rules. Like, again, they were, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I just don't think it's the step that everyone was ready for yet. They should have started smaller. Like, yes, we do need um, kids who are under the age of 18 or whatever to be accompanied by adults. And um, a lot more people need to just kind of... Uh, speak out and you know use the authorities when you know these things happen but a lot of people are just hush hush because a lot of these fgc people are friends and you know they do these these things that are um very illegal right no, <laughs> and <laughs> you would hear you'll go into like like years ago i would go into twitch streams when times were different and we're in a much different place now but you would go into some twitch streams and you would hear some of the stories of like 
oh yeah, this was happening at this convention and this person did this, this person did this. And you're just wondering, well, like, why are you not arrested? But the power of the internet has come a long way since like four or five years ago. So well, the, the thing is too, is that a lot of these horror stories that you're hearing, they happen at every convention they have. Well, I don't know about miniatures conventions because miniatures conventions are mostly guys. So I'm assuming there's like some misogynistic shit that goes on around there. You get some creepers, but like anime conventions, I used to work anime conventions, like at least two or three of them. And this type, that type of shit would happen everywhere. The, the after parties in the hotel rooms, the underage drinking, like shit. I couldn't tell you how many times, like somebody would come in and be like, yeah, that's my daughter. And then she'd be like half naked, like across the room, like, pounding like a fifth of vodka and everyone's just like oh it's normal like the fuck <laughs> right oh, it's it not even, if it goes even worse than that there are conventions where they have full straight up orgies that they just casually talk about as if though it was just a normal conversation hey what's the next orgy going on i don't know yeah it's just like it it for a volunteer group to try to control what happens like it it just doesn't make sense and especially so i did a little bit of research because i was like there's some reason i recognized alter dave and his name and i couldn't remember it and like honestly i couldn't tell you two shits about this guy this guy is well known across the fgc like some of the popular groups that as being a snake (laughs) so i'm like you have the guy who front like front ran this whole thing is like a well-known snake and throwing people's business out in the open when it shouldn't be out in the open and doing like stupid. Sh- and, and then like he was good friends with, um, goo tanks, the pog champ guy. Oh. And he Gutank. just, tur- yeah, yeah. He just turned his back on him. And I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, dude, like, do I want that type of person writing rules for me? I'm like, cause you know, he's breaking them. <laughs> like, you know, he is. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Ultra David, he was a, and still is to this day, uh, a very popular commentator, but he also practices law and mostly uh, for a video game company. So, you know, all that legal mumble jumble that has to go through, uh, you know, like uh, whatever uh, developers yes. uh, need to go through, that's kind of what he's there for. And obviously he knows a little bit of other things here and there, but yeah, I do uh, recall him sort of being a snake, so to speak. Uh, I don't know if I want to call him a snake or just heavily like opinionated because when he gets to like a certain side, he's like, he basically will cut anyone out (laughs) that, that, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of doesn't agree with him for the most part. At least that's, this is the impression I get of him. Allegedly, let me throw that word out there. Allegedly, Allegedly he does yeah. this or whatever. But I saw that on, on Facebook where, uh, you know, Gutex said the thing and he basically was like, everybody should block this man, which is a bit much to be saying for someone who was you know, speaking their mind. But at the same time, Gutex is... Uh, He's been kind of saying some really crazy stuff. He's kind of like almost into the conspiracy type of stuff or whatever. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been as bad if Gutex also did not share like footage of the woman being shot at the Capitol. Like he actually shared that and it got removed immediately. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can he, I can um, kind of see where the FGC Hollywood did a good um 
good thing about Gu Tanks during one of their episodes about the whole Pog Champ thing coming off. Gu Tank, mm-hmm. whatever is. Um, Gu Tanks, <laughs> yeah, Gu Tanks. So they, um, for, I keep going to like my Dragon Ball Z like Go Tanks. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you should. <laughs> I, maybe I've been watching too many DBZ episodes or something. I don't know. So um, they did a good thing where they said like you He's could see his you could dishes. watch his uh his fall from being a normal guy into like conspiracy theory like weirdo in like real time like it's cataloged Absolutely. on YouTube. I'm just like holy shit. And then, and then um one of the guys on the podcast goes the shocking thing is is nobody checked on him. Like where's his friend? Like none of his friends were like, "Hey, bro, like, are you good?" Like, not a single person did that. And I was like, "Well, that's how he got to where he got because literally everyone just let him do it." And I do believe like a couple of people kind of checked on him. Like, I used to watch Gutex back when back when Street Fighter Four came out. That was like the big revival for the fighting game community. And Gutex and this guy named Mike Ross jumped on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that train and made their series called the excellent adventures where they basically just play people online in street fighter four and they became like really huge and he was back then he was just like the chillest guy and i didn't get the chance to meet him unfortunately almost did but unfortunately i didn't but like after that show like mike ross basically quit because it gutex was trying to make the show bigger and get it going through Twitch and all these other things, then Mike Ross had problems with it and just kind of split. Do I, I don't know if they still talk or whatever, but that could, that seems like it was the start of Gutex's downfall just because uh, he kept trying to get it going and it just wasn't working. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it kind of ate him up inside, like he was just trying to focus so hard on it and then he just kind of slipped off the edge of the earth or whatever but it it's, al- it almost, it's really depressing to watch it almost makes me want to like reach out to the guy and be like hey you want, come tell your story man like <laughs> nobody knows yeah. what the hell's going on with you come just like talk <laughs> what happened <laughs> so wow man yeah so i i kind of learned a lot over the last like couple weeks just about like what happened with like um him and then like the whole ultra david thing so i was like there's a reason i recognize his name and i cannot figure it out and um, I remember the whole button check thing and button check was trying to get Mike Ross and Gutex on and they were trying to like revive uh, excellent adventures. Then they eventually they did. Uh, but I don't think Mike Ross was part of it the second time. He was not. Yeah. So, but yeah, you can, they said the second Mike, you can tell when Mike Ross started to become uninterested. And then when he finally split from the show, that's kind of like the, the start of the downfall. Yeah pretty sad but <laughs> there that is so i don't know i the whole like we were saying before like there's a lot of liability to this and without actually i mean you have a lawyer that wrote it obviously but without actual financial backing i don't think this is going to work out very well because you Definitely get not right you get one person that complains about something that happens to them and then tries to sue there's no official organization, but now you've written a bunch of backers and you've created like an organization and it's not financially backed or properly formatted. So now it can become personal and it's just going to it's going to cause legal issues, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. If 
they had the financial backing, this would be a great idea to like back everyone who wanted to be in the fighting game community and kind of get it going for where they wanted to to go. But I don't honestly see this happening just because a lot of companies are taking their own esports under their own wing and doing their own thing. I mean, look at Dragon Ball Fighters. They have their own Dragon Ball Fighter circuit where they're basically just doing it themselves. Same with Street Fighter. You got the the E-League, I think it's called, for for Street Fighter V. And any other game that comes out now, you you have uh, Guilty Gear on the horizon. You have King of Fighters on the horizon. If they want to go that route and pursue that route, they're also going to make their own rules and and their own system. So this is just something that, like, it was a good idea for the grassroots community, but they're kind of just going to have to let it go at some point because people just want to go to a tournament, you know, play, and maybe get first place that they get paid. <laughs> and if not, they want to go home and continue the rest of their life. They don't want to have to deal with, in the back of their heads, like, oh, man, now I have to look over my shoulder every time because I farted it because I walked past some person. <laughs> and now... Now I'm getting canceled on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? Right, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said, you. I'm like, the second anybody finds out, like, I almost want to adopt the the, the fucking COC just to get kicked out. <laughs> like, the second they, they, anybody hears about us, they're going to be like, no, out. Like, get out. <laughs> this every Wargamer guy is really problematic. <laughs> oh, God. He criticizes us and he says retard all the time. Like, no, he can't be around. We need to get rid of him. And he threatened not to shower for a whole weekend. Dude, he's out. <laughs> Dude, I kick your ass on principle alone. Get <laughs> your ass in the shower. Yeah, no, I was just joking about it. <laughs> like, I was like, if that's the whole, if that's one of the reasons to get kicked out, like I'm totally like they even they said they mentioned it. Like if you purposely do something so i'm like well i'm just gonna threaten not to shower and see what happens <laughs> oh man anyway so um who wants to like, do you want to talk about wandavision because i'm kind of upset about wandavision and there might be a third episode let me check actually um <laughs> so when i started watching last week there's only two episodes and i'm like what in the i love lucy fucking dick van dyke bullshit is this and uh what dare i ask because i have no idea what the hell you're talking about wandavision it's it's a disney plus show like mandalorian but it involves vision and um wanda from the mcu scarlet witch yeah so um there is a third episode and they went to color so i guess i'll have another opinion next week about it but um so I guess the whole premise behind this is they're in some sort of simulation or they're trying to keep vision away from something or I don't know what's going on, but it's like an old time TV show. So it's like, like I said, I love it's literally I love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke or I dream of Jeannie, like that style, black and white, like kind of episodes. The first two are the third ones are clearly in color because the title is called now in color. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Like, it's literally just watching two Marvel characters in a fucking sitcom from the 80s. Like, that's all I'm getting from this. 
essentially that's what I keep hearing too. People are just confused about the tone change and why it's a why this is considered a Marvel offering when this is clearly not very Marvel other than the characters. So from the the end of the episode or the beginning and the end, there's somebody sitting at a computer. It's kind of like a producer kind of thing. So I wondering if there's like a, a villain behind all this or a bigger reason. But they literally give you no context. All they give you in the first episode is a a cheesy theme song with Wanda and Vision with like the whole like cartoony graphic thing. And then an 80s sitcom with two Marvel characters. That's all they give you. There's no context other than that. And then the end, you see somebody sitting at a computer. You don't even see the person. You just see their hands and a computer screen and then the the credits roll. That's all you get. There's literally no context. In fact, the description, the description of the show is not even there. It says, in an effort to fit in, Wanda and Vision perform magic act in their community talent show for the second episode. Like, like, what? You got me, dude. Again, I, I've, I've avoided this, especially as... Yeah. So, it's okay, so here's the actual official description for the show. Uh, Marvel Studios presents WandaVision. A blend of classic television and Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Wanda Max- Maximoff and Vision, uh, two superpowered beings living in uh, I- idealized suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. The series is directed by Matt Shackman. That's it. And then the writer is Jack Schaefer as the head writer. But that- that's all they give you. That's literally all they give you. Why the hell do I want an 80s sitcom? In the Marvel universe, and in black and white for that matter. Why? I'm looking for an answer, dude. I ain't got one. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. It's not good. I had to literally force myself to watch those first two episodes just for the podcast. And all I have to say is it's not good. <laughs> Unless like some random twist happens, which makes me appreciate the first two episodes. As of right now, this show sucks. <laughs> it's no Mandalorian, goddammit. <laughs> It's a lot. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, if you go to watch it now, and you even have a, like an inkling of it sucks in the back of your head, it's going to be even worse now because it's it's literally. If you did not like I Love Lucy or that type of like black and white show as you were growing up, like it, it's just fucking cringe, man. It's <laughs> cringe. Well, Jay, if it makes you feel any better, I don't even have Disney Plus, so I don't have to worry about that shit. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two episodes now, right? Like three you can't episodes. even binge watch it to see if it's any good. Yeah, they went um they went three uh, based on what description he's been talking, I don't think it's worth binge watching. <laughs> yeah, the third episode they go to color because it says now in color. That's the title of the show and the show episodes in color. So now I have a third episode to force myself through. Why do I? Why do I feel like there's a guy from the fifties doing a narration over this damn series? Is Ma- is authentic. is Mastermind a Marvel villain? I can't remember. Yes. So ma- villain of the Hulk. So maybe Mastermind is involved. Maybe. I don't know. And Cedric, it's not binge watching at that point. It's cringe watching. <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't even watch all of it. Like, at least 
I could watch like the first four episodes if the whole season was uploaded and then make my decision because we all know pilot episodes are usually garbage. The second episode usually gives you something, but it sounds like it didn't give you a shit at this point. No, it didn't give me nothing. And then now there's a third episode that I have to watch. I think Disney, so Disney Plus, the way they're doing their TV shows, um, it makes sense because they're they're trying to do it like the Mandalorian where they release like one at a time and then at like episode nine or ten and they call that a season. So they're still, they're trying to like, I don't know, they're trying to keep people on the app even though I'm not leaving the app because I pay for it yearly and I watch Star Wars a lot. So <laughs> there's that. Well, I got mine bundled with Hulu, so I pay monthly. So I have the uh, ad-supported Hulu and Disney Plus because my wife watches Disney movies. So that's the value for me. Even though I honestly haven't watched Hulu in deck in like a fucking year and a half, because every time I want to go and watch a series that was on there before, the fucking owner of the series goes and drags it and puts it on fucking HBO Max. So I don't even have access to half the shit I had when I first started watching Hulu. I have Hulu, and they still paywall stuff. Like you have to buy their, um, like TV Plus like thing, and not just their streaming stuff to get the certain um, certain shows now. So, yeah. The last time I watched Disney Plus, I was at my sister's, hanging out with her, and we watched Star versus the Forces of Evil, which is essentially animated crack. Yes, I actually I only watched Hulu for Dragon Ball Super and One Piece. <laughs> Good on you. I I still need to watch Dragon Ball Super. Oh, it's so good. It it only takes four days, and dude, you had COVID. Like you had plenty of time to watch it from <laughs> day to well, night. I was tested negative, so fuck <laughs> off that nonsense. And second, you're still not going to get me to pay for Hulu to watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> oh man, I was tempted. I told, didn't I say, I swear I said it in one of our podcasts when I had COVID that it only takes four days from the beginning of Dragon Ball Super till the last fight with Jiren. <laughs> and that's from watching it from like eight in the morning till like two in the morning. <laughs> the sad part is, I feel like my teacher's right on this, but uh, an old teacher of mine, uh, but I would rather watch Dragon Ball Z a bridge. And I have. I saw the first 50 episodes of the abridged series within the past four days. There you go. I like abridged. I, I, I would rather watch that. <laughs> I get I get the better entertainment value in my opinion. For sure. I mean, granted, I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super, so I technically have no right to say that it's more entertaining, but I'm gonna stand my ground and say that the bridge version is still better. Dragon Ball Super doesn't really get good until the the final tournament. Even the first tournament was kind of meh, but the final tournament like is the only reason to watch it. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think with like Dragon Ball. It's like the Boo Saga. Like, I in my opinion, the Boo Saga was one of the best. And like the start from like when Vegeta was Majin Vegeta. Yeah. The only reason why Majin Vegeta was so good is because the fans had yet to realize that Vegeta was best as an evil character. 
Well, anyway, the set the setup for the the setup for the Boo Saga is like the setup for the the end half of Dragon Ball Super, which is fantastic. So even the beginning the beginning part's kind of slow, but once you get to like the tournaments, um, it gets better. The setup for the tournaments. Anyway, so who wants to tell me about the uh, Pokemon response to hacking? Because I'm pretty sure it's the same response <laughs> that they've always had. No, actually, it's uh, slightly stronger now. Ooh, do tell. So, in response to the ridiculousness that's been occurring with, uh, um, and I can attest to this personally because I use GTS uh, shortly after the uh, uh, Crown Tundra DLC came out and after I finished the main story, um, and ended up with a, a Spectrier or a, a Glacier that uh, was Machamps.com. God damn it. <laughs> uh, it's Machamps! Machamps.com! <laughs> They've uh, cracked down on uh, specific Pokemon that have been that have those name those name tags as their names now, and they've also um, cr- clamped down on trainers that have those names as well. So, like, so if it is a website for a name or a website for a trainer name, uh, those Pokemon are considered uh, illegal, and I believe they're untradeable in the system now. Um, and I believe they've also gone and if they've discovered you interacting with those hacked Pokemon in any meaningful capacity online. It's mostly online stuff, because obviously if you're not online, they don't, they're not going to care what you do anyways. But if you're online, like your battle team has hacked Pokemon in it in that regard, you can start uh, accruing uh, violations for it, uh, such as uh, temporary suspension up to and including permaban. So... So Oslov is getting So Oslov is off limits now. Yes. That's sad. That's like Oslov's whole it's, thing. It's sad, but this is a this was a necessary step. And from what I was hearing from Verlistify, he was talking about that this was a step one step of many in the expansion of the Pokemon company because uh the money they've been raking in is totaling pretty high up there as far as their bottom line's concerned and they're actually hiring for more positions in the company now so it looks like they're expanding aggressive so one know. of the things one of the side things that they're doing is actually taking a, a a market stance on hacking in the online scene which is nice to see yeah no for sure i wonder if they're gonna start um cracking down on the uh like the secondary market for pokemon where you can buy the digital stuff you know what I'm talking about. Like on eBay, you can buy shinies. I think that they might, but they'd have to reach out to eBay for that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. Maybe eBay will be receptive. It's, it is what it is in that regard. Because in a lot of cases, it would be very difficult for them to clamp down on them unless they're huge sellers. And I could see huge sellers just going on a different program or just doing something like getting an Etsy account and just doing it that way. And all you're doing at that point is just chasing these people down as they continue to do what they're doing anyways. Yeah, they have to have a better system, in my opinion, because I'm one of those that agree with, like, you should be hatching. Dude, they make it so easy for... You don't even have to get a full 6 IV. You can upgrade it to 6 IV, 
kill its like uh, EVs, retrain the thing, and it doesn't. It does, and you can. You don't even have to have the right ability anymore. You just you can buy one of the ability, like food, and change its ability. So it's yep. like they're making it so much easier to get into competitive where you don't need to cheat and people are still cheating. Like it blows Be- my mind. Because at this point, they have been doing this already for what over ten years now. So it has become easier to simply just cheat than to do at this point what Poke, what game freak has been has been doing while in the right direction it's already a few years too late yeah i don't know I, as long as they fix it before the diamond and pearl <laughs> we don't know about that yet no, so far it's still we, rumor. so far there has been uh there has been thoughts that it's likely just the diamond and pearl ports and not necessarily remakes because even those leaked images don't specify specifically that they're remakes yeah it's i think we're, but it, remember it was supposed to be like the let's go title so i really hope they don't do the let's go thing i don't know. don't overthink it man it's not going to help you in the long run yeah <laughs> Cedric right. doesn't have to worry about this kind of weird ass cheating in the fighting game community, huh? Oh, no, yeah, you do. Oh, 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 no, yes. all he has to do is check to see <laughs> if they're at, if they're fucking using either a hacked game itself or using the wrong got using an illegal joystick. What are you talking about? Lag switches because everything's online That's right now. It, yeah. It's it, it's a joke, dude. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's look, certain there are certain there are certain sticks that are banned though didn't they ban um was it? no it wasn't hitbox it was the other one daigo tried using it at a tournament and then they straight up told him no i think it, sure what that one is he had some like custom designed one that this company was trying to like compete with hitbox it might have been hitbox a version of hitbox I don't know, man. You're talking to somebody who's just content using a controller when he's playing fighting games. So yeah, I don't know. I, this that ain't my that ain't my jam unless I'm playing on my Pandora box. And at that point, it's just a different experience. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, you're a liar. You have a Pandora. There's plenty of fighting games on there. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Oh man, Samurai Showdown is getting updates. They, they just had a yeah, trailer of like it's really cheap right now. Yeah. Wait, how much is it? It was nineteen ninety nine at Target last time I checked for the PlayStation. Well, that's at that's at Target though. I think they're releasing like a a complete edition, and they they're having new characters, and like their big update isn't. They're trying to do it so the the weapons don't. You can't kick the weapons off the screen anymore. And then there was another thing. I don't know. They they got some big updates coming, and it looks good. And then King of Fighters fifteen keeps fucking everything up, which I'm gonna everything up. Oh, dude, did you <laughs> their trailer? So they put a trailer in. They didn't sh- they showed like three characters that are already in the series and had like maybe 30 seconds of gameplay on the trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then there was another trailer. Dude, King of oh, there Fighters was like a giant ass roster of fucking characters. I doubt that they would like show any new characters right off the moment, especially from what I heard about 13 or 14. Where they started off with like forty characters and added like over fifteen throughout its lifetime. 
Well, did you hear? Okay, so did you guys hear what happened with the King of Fighters 15 trailer? Not well, really. Cedric, Cedric probably did. Which one? Because I've seen like three now. I saw the very first one where they just revealed it and it was really bad. Dude, I am yeah. so off of King of Fighters uh, mythos. <laughs> I didn't even know they added a dude that uses a fucking pillow to fight. I didn't even know he was a dude until somebody told me. <laughs> I'm like, why are they adding more lolly girls into this? Start of like, no, it's a dude. That's a fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> No, so they um they said they were going to announce a trailer. They said it was going to be January 7th originally. Then they put out a tweet like the day of and said it was going to be like the 15th or something. And then when the then their stuff leaked and they ended up releasing the trailer on like the next day without telling anybody. Like <laughs> And then the trailer that released was really fucking bad. Yeah, so. it was the guy with the. I'm not really familiar with the KOF characters, but it was the guy with like two, the, the fire and the fist. It's like blue on one and red on the other, or something like that. And it was just like so many Did he have random hair? cut of his normals, and it was like it made my brain hurt. It was such <laughs> a bad trailer. Wait, yeah. wait. Did he have red hair? Does he have red hair? I don't remember. I think was, his name is like Show. Shoujin, I want to say. No. Did he have... Was he wearing black with a moon crescent on the back of the shirt? I'm looking it up. Yeah, I'm looking I'm it up sure right now, too. So, all I'm thinking... I'm trying to see if these are, like, older characters. Oh, it is one of the older characters, for sure. It's not Terry, though. I forgot. He's supposed to be the new, like, main character. Oh. What do you mean, new character? Yeah, like headphones. Are, are they replacing Kyo Kusanagi? I don't know if they're they're not replacing him. They're just using somebody else as the main character. But that basically means they're replacing him. Who the fuck replaces Kyo Kusanagi? Apparently, they do. What the fuck, SNK? Shun is is it Shune? Shune. Shune. Yeah, yeah. Shune is the main character now. Look, if they were going to replace anybody with the, the, the Kyoku Sanagi with anybody, it should have been fucking Shingo. At least he's the joke character. No, they're, they're, it's definitely Shone. That's, that's who they're using. Or Shune or whatever her name is. I can't say anybody's fucking names right. And that's what pissed me off about the whole FGC COC thing. The fucking backers. Just use your oh, fucking real names. I butchered. <laughs> I mean, I, like, dude, I, like, I was, I'm like listening to that podcast afterwards. And I was dying laughing. I'm like, dude, I butchered every fucking name on that list except for Ultra Dave. Every name <laughs> on that list I butchered. Even Maxima? He's not on that. Maxima's an SNK character from King of Fighters. No, no, no. I'm talking about the COC backer list. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know nothing about that. I literally butchered everybody's screen name. Nobody had a normal fucking screen name. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So uh, I guess SN what SNK is coming out with a new game too, not King of Fighters, King of Fighters Samurai Showdown, and there's another SNK title I think that's releasing, and I can't remember what the other one is. Do we get a confirmation, by the way, if that one, it, uh, that one Saudi Arabian prince is actually buying SNK? No, he, uh, yeah, he came out and said that. 
So he actually bought it. Okay. No, he, he owns. I blame all the new decisions squarely on him. No, no, he doesn't own it yet. He he's his goal is to eventually own majority stock in it. But I think he owns like I think like 35 percent of the stock right now. And he continually keeps buying into it. Holy shit. So I can eventually blame. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he actually came out and said that's his goal. His goal is to own majority stock in SNK. Damn, Dad. Yeah, that's an old dude. He's right. a hustler. I'll re- I'll give that hustler. He's a killer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, are we, we? I don't know what this topic meant. If you guys want to take that one, uh, the need to become independent as a creator. In an increasingly corporatized environment. So, um, this one's come from a situation that I've been seeing seeing for the past week or so. Um, places like Teespring and a lot of other uh, companies that produce like swag products for different streamers and YouTubers and and the like are starting to back away from. Uh, content creators for differing reasons, either politically aligned or personal choices, etc. And it's kind of left a lot of people who rely on that for income or for getting their message out high and dry. Because all it takes, if all it takes is you to say the wrong word or talk about the wrong topic, and the people who are you know sending out your product all over the world just decide, no, we're just not going to do it. You know, with no with no real uh, no real uh, process, no real uh, back and forth to really understand where where your position is. They're just going, nope, we're not doing it anymore. We're, you're done. You you kind of have to. You, there's a need to adapt in that regard for just to ensure that you can keep the the the, the uh, supply lines flowing. And it, it, it's just a little. It was just a little thought thing that had popped into my head that I wanted to talk about. And honestly, especially with things as they're going forward throughout the year of 2021, I, I, I wanted to kind of stress that, especially in regards to us. And oh, yeah. I'm not saying we're, we need to go lose, get, like, uh, get a silk lose. screen and a shirt printer, but I, I think that you, you definitely need to be aware of, you know, of different, th- different factors that could affect you if you are some kind of creator of a product or a service. So what you're saying is Teespring is not going to carry our coffee mugs and stickers anymore? <laughs> well, that would be the concern, wouldn't it? Like, what happens <laughs> if, you know, you, you, you say retard enough and they're just like, you know what? We're just not going to carry your stuff anymore because you're being, yeah. you know, unsympathetic or, you know, all they have to do is come up with a reason at this point. They don't even have to, um, they, they don't even have to think about it. My issue with that is, is like they're doing it to the smaller creators. Because if they did that stuff to larger creators, uh, the, the company would collapse on itself. They're doing it to creators that they know they're not going to lose a great deal of sleep over right? when, when they go and say, yeah, we're just not carrying your stuff anymore. But like, I'm starting to hear that even medium and larger creators are starting to be targeted. It's just like, does Teespring not understand that eventually if you kill enough accounts, they're just not going to be in business? Like, like uh, They do understand that they're funded by people actually using their service to create things, right? I I I, 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 I failed to write, I failed to understand why you would go and continually shoot yourself in the foot and, and not expect the, your foot to atrophy from infection and fall off. I, I don't know. They're the first. I do understand. I think the, I, I think you're just pushing it aside. 
that there are companies, people who, at this point, they're going to put their um, their ideologies or or their political beliefs above uh, profit. And while that might seem to be uh, the right path, I think they're um, they're sacrificing it in its entirety for the sake of their political or uh, or social beliefs, and it's gonna cost them their business. Nah, see the the thing is, is they're more. It, it's gonna cause them to go to a model like any other printer, I think, because right now they're just a print on demand company. Like you order something, they print it, and then they ship it out. But um, what it's gonna cause is gonna cause them to become like an actual printing company where you have to order a minimum amount, keep it, keep stock, and it's gonna it's just it's gonna push them into a different area, basically. And in all honesty, like, um if creators had to buy their stuff and like sell their stuff they'd probably make more money but then you have to keep inventory if inventory doesn't move then you're out money it's it, it brings up a whole another scenario i don't know i just feel like there's a and especially because print on demand is kind of the best way to go about things anyways you see that with rpgs companies use usually release pdfs and mm. only print something when it's when when a customer is requesting it, yeah. But you have- in, regards to, in regards to that kind of stuff, unless you have space in your home to be able to print this kind of stuff, as like in the case of Teespring, they can't have their own. They'd have to have their own property and their own presses to be able to just do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're still they still have overhead they have to pay for. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that you could eliminate all of these different accounts. Even if they're even if they're only selling, I'll, I'll ballpark it, a hundred shirts a year, for you know the smaller accounts. That's still a hundred shirts that they're making money on. That they're not making money on. Are you saying that you that you can, that beggars can't be choosers, or that you're too big to fail? Is really the question I'm asking. Well, you only think you're too big to fail if it's one of two things. One, you believe that your product is so good that other people will not consider it, and I don't consider other alternatives, and I don't believe Teesprings is anywhere near that market, or they're a mono- or they're practically a monopoly at this point because there is no competition. Yeah, there is Etsy. I'm saying those would be one of the two choices. Why they would even? Why would they even think so? Why they would have such a mentality? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they, don't, maybe, don't see, maybe they don't see Etsy as competition. Well, I mean, that's what it is. Like, um, my wife knows somebody that left her job and is now making t- like a, tons more money by opening up her own like print-on-demand shop, and she bought all the equipment and everything, and she just does it out of her basement, but she's super busy all the time, and they got to the point where they had to hire employees. So there is competition out there for print-on-demand stuff. I mean, Etsy is probably a huge driver of that and i think uh what was the other one Redbubble for like stickers and stuff and then there, there's other options out there teespring is not the only option teespring is the first one to make it easy and incorporate into like different um like websites and stuff like that and then they take care of all the payment stuff too so i mean i think they're the they're the first ones to kind of start the market and make it kind of big but there's still market out there and there's still money to be made in that market. So 
I, I think the problem ends up being in that regard is Teespring is just the first. What happens if you have other companies follow suit and just start pulling away from all the smaller content creators because of political belief? It's, I'm focusing on Teespring because Teespring was the one that I'm hearing the most about right now. Right. But what happens if PayPal decides to do that to you and now your funding is completely cut off? Oh, because don't get me PayPal started on PayPal. <laughs> well, I will start on PayPal because you... PayPal has been has been hot and cold lately when it comes to that shit, and they deserve to be in the fucking spotlight as much as Teespring does. Hot and cold. They're robbing people. They're legit robbing oh. people. They're closing... Oh, yeah. They're closing accounts or, or like locking accounts, doing a fake investigation, and then just taking the money without saying anything and not giving access to that account anymore. And they're like continually, and they're doing it because like the, the people who do um, like these raffle things on these websites and stuff like that, you know, they get a lot of money coming in, going out, and stuff like that. But they're even locking like Venmo accounts because they own Venmo. So it's like they're catching on to these, like, I mean, obviously it's gambling. So it's kind of illegal. So they're kind of protecting themselves, but they're literally robbing people of hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a day. And nobody can do anything about it. The problem with that is, is it's your, you've hit a gray area, first of all. Second of all, allegedly, just post allegedly all over this because yeah. I don't think any of us need PayPal to come down on us like a shit ton of bricks. Oh, no, I have friends that this has happened to. <laughs> I know this is happening. There's no allegedly. This is happening. <laughs> they are robbing people. <laughs> Right, but from what you're telling me, these people are doing less than reputable things, anyways. Yeah, there's scalpers, and they do uh, raz like these raffle things, which is, I guess, can be considered gambling. Facebook is cracking down on them too, but the fact that PayPal, for any reason, because they don't even give them reasons, they don't tell them why they're locking their accounts. They just lock the accounts, say they're under an investigation, don't tell them what they're investigating, never give them an outcome, and then just take the money. Yeah, and same with, dude, YouTube has been doing that to, to content creators lately as well. People will suddenly lose their monetization, have a shit ton of super chats sitting in escrow that they can't access because they suddenly lost their monetization conveniently as they've gotten over, you know, two to $3,000 worth of, $3,000 plus worth of super chats, and now mm -hmm. they can't access it and have to wait 30, 30 to 90 days to possibly get their monetization back. Trust me, Jesus. People, the, 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 the theft is occurring everywhere, whether uh, alleged of theft is occurring everywhere, whether <laughs> or, whether you want to, people want to admit it or not. It, it like, first of all, YouTube is a sinking ship being patched together with fucking with fucking wood and hopes. And they, they've they've been they've literally been the rock tied to Google's neck for for 10 years now. They're not a profitable market. They're literally a loss leader. But they're but they but Google holds on to them because when they have have YouTube, they have a market cornered by having YouTube. So to them, they believe it's an acceptable loss to lose ten million plus dollars a year in legal fees and other shit. Because to them, it's about it, it, at that point, it's the principle of having access to that kind of power. That's why stuff like BitChute can't take root and library and all those other all those other alternative platforms that just cannot get footing. Because literally, mono the monopoly laws have been ignored to the point of distraction. Is Daily Motion still around? Yes, no. I believe they are. Well, they're they're a shadow of their former selves, obviously. Yeah. But that's because, like mentioned, 
YouTube basically crippled the shit out of them. And that's mm. the point. There is no need for you to worry nearly as much about hemorrhaging money but when you literally choke the competition out of the picture. It's, I don't think it's them choking them out. I think so. If, we're, if you want to use BitChute as the example, um, BitChute is basically being run out like Parler right now, as far as like companies shutting stuff down. So, um, like Facebook and I mean, all these big corporations are literally just choking out their competition by labeling them as right wing propaganda sites. When in all honesty, the same type of shit's happening on their platforms. They're just kind of keeping it hush hush. Well, the reason is because their payment processors have all, they, they're all been, um, influenced to, to, um, to be influenced in a certain manner to put to uh to react in certain ways that's why parlor base is basically sinking right now because their payment processors has been fucking um destroyed what? i mean no. ha- the payment processors have you not, out. have you not been, not been watching the news parlor's getting shit on because of what happened at the capitol parlor's yeah, getting shit on and because because of it their payment processors pulled out Oh, you mean like the credit card people? Yes. No, that was tr- that no- was Trump's campaign that they they canceled. I didn't know that. I didn't. I, I, I had heard nothing that they were doing it to like other companies and stuff. Yeah, the payment. Pro- those are the things that basically keep them going into business. But when they get labeled as extreme far right businesses, the payment processors pull out, yeah, making guess. it impossible for them to even collect money and process anything. I don't know. I just think uh, it, what happens is is now you have people who feel like they're being shut out going to do their own thing and then the the companies that are taking them in because they just need customers <laughs> in all honesty are getting shit on because of groups of people that are going to them. I don't know. Like I said, the same thing is happening on their platforms. Like look at fucking Twitter and Facebook, for example, those people who went to those other platforms are still on those platforms. It's just that like they're, they're pushing it under the rug because they now have somebody to point the finger at. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's the one, it's the one major tactic is if you are, if you are doing something, the best way to avert, avert uh, to uh, avert the gaze against what uh, the gaze of people who might see it happening is to blame someone else for what you're doing. It, it's it's a very well it's a very well used tactic across the across the, all, all all platforms and all all strokes of life really. It's it's, uh, it's almost it's almost uh, Sun Tzu in 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 uh, uh, theatrics. But uh, like I like can I, I can't imagine stuff like that with like Twitch and things. Like I I, I don't Twitch personally use themselves. Twitch beyond. <laughs> I don't use Twitch beyond beyond uh, like watching Cedric streams and like a couple other people. But like if if they were if there were affiliates and stuff who had to deal with that level of crap where they start losing funding because Twitch just pulls the rug out from under them, if I were them, I'd be justifiably pissed. They did it to they just did that to fucking uh, Doctor Disrespect. They pulled the rug underneath him. <laughs> Doctor Disrespect has been a contentious fucking person since the beginning. That was the trope he was going with, and his personal life started bleeding into that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Cedric is in there somewhere, probably just nodding his head right now. 
Uh, absolutely, because Dr. Dis- that whole Dr. Disrespect situation was just, like you said, his personal life started bleeding into it, and he decided to make decisions just because he thought he was bigger than the platform, and look what happened to him. Yeah, they kicked him off with no yeah, explanation. Ain't gonna work but, then, but then you had, like, Ninja leave, go to Mixer, and then come back, and then Twitch didn't roll out the carpet for him. They were like, well, you have no option now. <laughs> well, in Ninja's case, he just took a deal with Mixer, got a lot of money. Mixer shut down. He basically yeah. got all that money, didn't have to fill out his contract, and then he, he took... Uh, like a couple months off just because he was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then they were like, oh, well, Facebook gaming is the thing. And obviously he wasn't going to go to Facebook gaming. So he was like, I'll just go back to Twitter and make the money that I was making. Right, exactly. Twitch or YouTube. YouTube was the other way to go. But I think Dr. Disrespect is what pushed uh, YouTube gaming. I mean, YouTube gaming was already always kind of big, but I think Dr. Disrespect going to YouTube gaming was their big push. Well, I mean, at that point, it was another scenario where all, all these companies have to do is just have leverage on a lot of these streamers. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I'm, I'm personally, I find that I, I can't blame somebody for using a dirty tactic. If it's, if it's legit like that, I was like, if you, if you're on your hands and knees at that point, but Dr. Disrespect, as far as I know, is relatively wealthy as well. So I don't think he lost, too much in the transitional in the transition to the, the different platforms but like i'm, I'm with, with stuff like that it's just i'm just so tired of hearing about it and when you contrast that to what's going on overall with social media as a whole it's like i wouldn't i like i, I wouldn't go into youtube proper at this point if you paid me to do it and i don't even have a market and i personally don't think i have a marketable value to go and do youtube like it's it's just not worth the headache if they could just pull my money whenever they felt like i had this conversation with somebody because i was talking to them about uh um god i can't remember her name because my brain's trying to block her out uh bell <laughs> delphine oh my god <laughs> the bathwater girl <laughs> oh she is a bot she is more nightmarish than ever. Isn't she doing porn now? Like legit basically. porn? She's basically doing porn. Not necessarily. Not basically. She is doing hardcore porn. I was about to say, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just saw something from Boogie about her doing hardcore porn. <laughs> and then well, I had to look at it. I don't want to know anything. Oh, I've seen it. He said I've seen it. About Belle Delphine. <laughs> That's all sorts of fucking nasty. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, Fair she basically enough. tweeted out that she was going to start doing it, and on Christmas she was going to release it, <laughs> and she did. Oh my god. And, so the, this, and the drama that satisfied that? the horny bastards who were craving for it and got completely trolled I figured, by Pornhub account. And then what she got mean? kicked off YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're doing that, you should, yeah, you should definitely not be. But I, I figured the whole bathwater selling thing was a step towards that direction. So here we are. <laughs> Anybody who didn't think that, that was a logical conclusion was either fooling themselves or one of her subscribers. Oh, my God. How did we get that, to a world? How did we look, get to a world like that I it's, wasn't expecting her to actually do it? Like, I was just hoping she wouldn't. 
honestly, it's like, how did we get to a world where, like, it's not okay to hire a prostitute, but it's okay to pay for naked pictures and, like, excessive shit? To be fair, there's no meat slapping. Where you live in, where it's technically not okay, uh, we do have plenty, we do have areas in the world in which, yeah, it's perfectly fine to hire a prostitute. Yeah, if you want to hire a prostitute, go to Australia. That shit's, like, not only illegal, but it's not even frowned upon. It's really ironic considering their video game. That basically has the girls, you can look on the windows, hey, wanna, wanna fuck a girl? We're right there on the window. <laughs> you can window watch your whores. <laughs> so getting back to what I was trying to talk about before this exploded into insanity. Um, <laughs> like it wasn't going to. <laughs> Well, I was talking with someone else about this and uh, about Belle Delphine and and the business practices that she was using and how it was affecting the greater market for uh, for OnlyFans and she, and and she goes and he was telling me he's like, well, how would you feel if you were working on OnlyFans? Belle Delphine, you know, fucks over a bunch of her followers. They do mass chargebacks for what they for for the troll that she made them pay for. And then they change their their terms of service so that you don't get paid until I think it was like the end of the month. Then. Like you get paid a last sum. At no, the that end was of the someone month. else, dude. That was someone else. That was a former Disney star that came in for like a couple days and basically pulled out right afterwards. And then that was when uh, OnlyFans changed their terms of serve their terms of service for their for the. Can we really say they're employees? Uh, it feels wrong for me to say they're employees. Oh, oh. Just, just like WWE, they're independent contractors. Okay, they're contractors. We'll go it that way. Because I'm still pissed. I'm even especially more pissed off about that one pedophile who, uh, who was caught because she had her OnlyFans account involving one of her fucking students. Oh my god. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that because it's just gonna be a rage induced hellscape. Anyway, getting back to what I was talking about. He <laughs> <laughs> brought up is like, well, what would, how would you feel if they if they uh, you know hold your funding and then you didn't get it until the end of the month because of you know one massive hiccup like that? I'm like, well, first of all, I can't put my headspace around that because I have common sense and I would never put my put my entire life. Uh, my life well-being in OnlyFans, that is fucking stupid. I don't care how good I look. That is dumber than a second coat of paint hey, to be putting all, your, all your hopes on what saying. can only be described as something that should be a side job for somebody who's doing something else and making some side money uh, You know, when they're going, not doing their day job. OnlyFans shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a day job because if you're, what happens if that kind of shit happens? What happens if your OnlyFans account gets hacked and, you know, someone gets access to your uh, your payment information? I mean, that can happen anywhere, but, like, in the, in the boudoir scene of OnlyFans, that's even worse. Especially because they already had a hack, if I remember. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But it was a hack for all of the content. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't payment information. All the content got leaked. It, but, it, but what if it was payment information that t- this time around? Can, can you honestly say you'd want to have that kind have that kind of stake in your life? 
for that, I get there are people who are making a, who are making a great deal of money. But what again? Your body only has so much so much intrinsic value when it comes to that kind of physical physical nonsense. Depending on what you're doing, when and your marketability window is way smaller than you think it is. Hook, line, and sinker. You may want to reconsider your life choices here. Donkey show. <laughs> <laughs> I went straight clerks too there. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh yes. We're, uh, we're in between uh, DeviantArt and OnlyFans now because Donkey Show is is literally stra- straddling that line. <laughs> we still haven't gotten anyone to draw us naked if anybody was paying keeping tabs. <laughs> no fucking thank you. Someone shoot me. And someone shoot him <laughs> for even suggesting the idea. Glad someone's here. Not gonna lie, I've been practicing drawing, and when you said that, I honestly considered it as a joke. Just oh to god, send to you guys, <laughs> Cedric, buddy, I love you. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> Oh my god! I, honestly, we said it as a joke, and that's kind of what I was hoping was going to happen. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I would have done stick figures because that's where I'm at. I'm already dealing with all this Resident Evil Village fucking Rule Thirty Four that's going to be coming down the pike. I, I, I literally, I'm talking to someone else who's like, "Oh, I just watched the demo, and it's really amazing." And I'm looking at the the the, the picture of the three women. I'm like, "Oh no, the middle one's going to be Rule Thirty Four pretty soon, isn't it?" Like I'm saying, Rule Thirty Four, Drew. No one is safe from Rule Thirty Four. Sure, it was coalescing the moment that 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 fucking that 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 uh, one still appeared on someone's screen. They're like, I gotta drop porn of it. We look. It's a twenty foot woman stepping on your nuts. We go BDSM. Look, I got. I still have to see that trailer. I don't even know, like, what the fuck. It, I, when you shared that picture, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then I was like, "Wait, that picture looks familiar." I'm like, "Where have I seen this?" And I still have yet to watch the trailer. <laughs> the demo out now too. Is there really? Yeah. Ooh, I like Resident Evil. I don't Evil think games. it's like the actual gameplay. It's like a, a a spinoff of it. Like you don't get to use any guns or anything. But yeah, oh. there's a full on like a uh, uh, gameplay. Uh, visual demo where you can walk through the mansion and I don't know if she shows up yet. I haven't I haven't watched it yet because I don't have a PS5. Oh, it's only PS5? God I think so. People are out it's here okay. still... I think at least, the th- at least three of us do not have a PS5. And at least two of us don't give a fuck. Wait, are you assuming that I have a PS5? I will not pay those prices, goddammit. I said at least... I oh, did not okay. know you didn't have one. <laughs> Fair enough, I thought I made it pretty <laughs> obvious. I was, I was like, I will not pay those scalper prices. In fact, I'm still combating scalpers online every day by calling them out on their bullshit. <laughs> Eventually, I will have every scalper in my area. I'll have every scalper in my area to block me, so that way they can actually sell their shit. Because as of right now, I've deterred like at least ten people from buying PS5 from them. <laughs> nice. Yeah, fuck those guys. Somebody goes, oh, $500 for this one. And I'm like, that's not even a disk drive. And someone goes, oh, 500 for the system, 100 for the headphones, and then uh, this cord, or, um, and then like 65 for like text. 
this is a good price. They were selling like an 875 bundle with like uh, the digital version and the other one. And I was like, um, $500 for the system if it was the disk drive. If it's not, you're looking at three or $400. And somebody goes, dude, what the hell, man? I'm like, yeah, you could buy them. You can buy them in the stores right now. No, you can't. And then literally right after I said that, somebody put up a website that lists what stores have them in stock and when they're being restocked. Dude, that's got to be an inside job. Like it they have people in these retail areas who are like dropping information to these scalpers so that they can just be there and pick the shit up. No, that's me. my guess. And it's, it had to have happened for, for a lot of this shit, but I'm telling you oh, right now, once God. Sony catches on that, they're not selling any games on the PS five. That shit's going to stop real quick. <laughs> oh, dude, not only are they going to stop, they're going to get the authorities involved in a lot of areas. And you're just going to see video footage on fucking YouTube of fucking SWAT teams kicking over, kicking open garages and just seeing pallets of fucking PlayStations and Xboxes that yeah. have just never been fucking touched. And they're gathering dust because these people will not fucking sell this. If people, especially if people are smart enough, I'm like, I wouldn't pay a grand for a fucking gaming system if it was gold plated. You think I'm going to pay a grand because you, you, you were nice enough to add the fucking disk drive and what, a controller? You can eat my fucking chocolate-coated ass. It's a real nice controller, man. The con- I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. That PlayStation controller does look nice. I'm like, that's the PlayStation controller I want right now for my PS4, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, they can shove it directly down their fucking throats for all I I was just at a Walmart today. They actually have the PS5 controllers. Not the console, but they have the controllers. And I will say this. I'm probably amongst the minority that says that the controllers look really fucking stupid. They look dumb, but they look comfortable. That's all I care about. I got fucking they sausage just, finger hands, man. Like that shit just looks comfortable. And that's fine. I mean, if it's if it's ergonomic, that's perfectly reasonable cuz like even with the fucking uh the grips I have for my Switch, like my hands start to feel weird after like an hour or two of playing, which is not something I ever really dealt with, but like when you're dealing with the relative weight of a system plus the controllers and you're and being old. I mean, you combine those factors and it's not really fun to keep hoisting that shit around, especially because my hands start to fall asleep. Make it sound like not a 50 year old dude's talking about video games. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of scalpers, like this is the point I was trying to make before. Did you see eBay is taking away the buyer remorse returns like refunds? Really? Why? Because of the scalpers, the specifically the card scalpers, Pokemon um, sports cards. What happens is people are buying them and then the value is tanking and sports cards specifically. The value tanks quick, depending on who's injured, um, the card being out of season, uh, if they got traded, you know, shit like that. So um, what what eBay is basically saying is that whatever you paid for it, just because you didn't like what you paid for it or the value dropped, you, too bad. <laughs> Well, that's perfectly fine by me because those fucking people deserve it. Right. And that yeah. was, I was specifically thinking towards like Magic the Gathering. I was like, um, like, say like, a, you know, you buy something called the Kaldheim, right? And they, you know, when the new set comes out, they inflate the price right away. So it's like you'd be like, oh, take the Jeweled Lotus, for example. It was like, what, a $500 card when it got announced and then it got released. People were grabbing them and then the card became like $100. So whoever bought it at the 500 would like, you know, the week later when it dropped to like 200, whatever, would like be like, no, I don't want this anymore. Like take it back and then get the refund for it. 
which I, in my opinion is bullshit. Like if you bought it at that price, you get it at that price. Like that's what it is. Like that was your mistake for picking it up at that price. Yeah, I agree with that. I, and and, and we, especially with the fluctuating market as it is, a lot of the stuff, especially when you're buying things that do have a time allotment value based economy, you got to make sure that if you're going to do that stuff, you're doing it in the time frame so that you can get the value on it. But with a lot of that stuff where you're kind of like, it's basically like real estate when you're, you know, you're buying stuff and turning it around and selling it. You, you need to be aware of that. Uh, you need to be aware of that. Uh, your, your calendar as it is, because I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be holding the bag when the fucking price tanks on a box or something. Right. And I'm, and I'm not even, and I'm not even a, uh, I'm not even an MTG finance financier. Like everything that I buy is going into my binder and the only reason it's coming out is it's going in a deck or I'm trading it with somebody like those are the, those are literally the two reasons why I do that kind of shit. And like, yeah. if you're doing that kind of stuff where you're turning a box around of like the, the trainer's boxes or whatever is the, the new hotness for Pokemon, like you really, really need to be aware of, of, of your window of opportunity because that it's not it's anybody so, it's only it's only your fault where that shit fucks up on you when you're in the middle of a transaction. I have, gonna have to I, have, I personally have the secret rare um fat Pikachu, the rainbow Pikachu. Um and that right now is like the highlight of my collection. I have no intention of selling it. In fact, I've come to the point now where I'm thinking about sending it in to get graded, to keep it slabbed, to make sure nothing ever happens to the fucking thing. But uh, the value on that, I mean, it just keeps going up and up. When I first got it, the well, I value... I the feeling the only reason why you're going to value that fat Pikachu is because it reminds you of fat people falling. It's 100%. I'm just going to keep it in the... <laughs> I'm going to keep it in the PSA case, and I'm just going to kick it down the stairs like a slinky. <laughs> right now, that card's valued at $377. I have no intention of selling this thing. Like none. If I wanted to, I would have sold it back when it was two fifty. But I literally have no intention of selling this card. Oh, oh dude, I want to thank you by the way, because uh, you know when you you know ever so long ago when you paid me for helping you move in your magic collection. Yeah. Um, the fucking Lake of the Dead you gave me is almost two hundred dollars now. So that motherfucker's yeah. never leaving my fucking side. See, I told you, like it's the fucking. Nice. That's what I'm saying. And all the Eldrazi I own are almost a hundred dollars a piece now. I picked like, up my my collection value is just fucking skyrocketing and just driving me up the wall. That Lake of the Dead. Did you? Did I give you my um, uh, what's his name? Did I give you my zombie shit? My zombie EDH yeah, deck that I was trying to build. Yeah, Chaos is like 30, thirty bucks right now. Yep, I all I picked up all those to do an EDH deck, and when I bought Lake of the Dead, it was ten bucks. Well, most of those most of those alliance lands were fucking uh, under under ten dollars for the longest time. Yeah, like the, the Lake of the Dead is the most expensive out of all of them. I think the next one was Ancient Excavations or Soldevi Excavations, and that one I think is like ten. I didn't have so, the. Like, I gave you a Yogmoth land too, didn't I? Or was uh, it just Lake of the Dead? To the Tomb of Yogmoth? No, yeah. I don't have that. I'd love to have that. I think I I was putting tomb. I was that was my goal was to put eventually put tomb in that deck. Anyway, whatever. It's not my deck anymore. It's yours. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I appreciate that, but it's just like in because you were talking about the fat Pikachu. I'm like, well, right now the crown jewel of my of my collection is the fucking Lake of the Dead, and I have the whole collection of those that series of lands from. 
but yeah, they're like the, 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 all of those, uh, a lot of those older cards, like, uh, the, the, uh, the, the four horsemen as they're called, which is, uh, uh, the dark, uh, Arabian nights, legends and antiquities. Like the, people are moving away from them because they're becoming unrealistically difficult to collect for because anybody who has those cards, they're not getting rid of them. So right. people are shifting focus to the next generation. So Homelands, Ice Age, Alliance, Fourth Edition, Mirage, Weatherlight, Visions, those are going to be probably the focus for the next uh, five years upcoming for price spikes for those cards. Yeah. So, like, any reprints that occur from that, like the Worldly Tutor reprint is still, the one from the Green Collection is still sitting at, uh, like, 40 bucks. And same with the Sylvan Library reprint, still in, like, the $40 mark. So... That's a like, lot more acceptable and like looking than at the what prices now, If you were paying for the Commander Collection green right now and you're still paying 70 for it, you're still breaking even with a little bit of, uh, with like a couple bucks cushion. So a lot of that stuff, like, like I'm glad I got a hold of it when I did it. And that was, and my, and the company I bought it for the, the LGS I bought it from was selling it for 50 because I made my money back and then some on it. And I'm never going to trade any of that stuff away. Yeah. But just it's it's a rationale kind of thing when you're buying cardboard crack like that. Yeah, well, you saw me. How many times have I, we've been on the podcast where I've said, "Oh shit!" Like I used to have those cards, or I, and then you with the Lake of the Dead thing. Like I just I get out of the games. I used to get out of the game so much just because of moving or something. I would just get rid of my whole collection. Like I don't have any need for that. Like whatever. <laughs> so, but now, now. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. Because, yeah. but you're not moving anymore. So now that you've laid stakes, mm-hmm. you can focus on that kind of stuff right. and make those kind of transactions. And especially with that, like the cardboard aspect and collecting, I think for you it's probably more valuable because, like, digital distractions are a bit more difficult for you to focus on because you don't have the time you had before. Right. Exactly. Like I, like I, like I played through a hat in time, and I just beat it like uh, over over the last weekend. And it was a really fun game. I loved it, but I uh, and I'm kind of. I hope they make a sequel to it because it's such an awesome game. Like, I haven't had that much fun since Odyssey, and as far as a 3D platformer is concerned. Ooh, nice! Yeah, you should play it, Orlando. I think you'd like it. Damn, I, I like the visuals at the very least. I, I I'm intrigued. Uh, um, I've always been curious to wanted to play a Hat in Time. Uh, I just didn't end up doing so after they decided to, for whatever reason, remove uh, uh, JonTron's clip from the from the series. So I'm hoping that if, at the very least, the next sequel, they ask him to reprise a role, or at least be offered to do That's probably not going to happen. Probably not. I'm just hoping. Dude, you're thinking of ukulele. Uh, I had in time. He no, is no. in there. He is in there? Dude, I I listened to him. He's in Dead Bird Studios. He's the receptionist. Okay. All right. I'll he even has credits uh, in there. Yeah, it was ukulele. That's right. I, sorry, I had it mistake. I had it mistake. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's in there. You should definitely play a hat in time. It's an amazing game, and they have a bundle with DLC for a little under bucks. I'm sorry. What? They have a bundle with the DLC for under forty right now. Don't consider actually get it. I played like the first three hours well, of it, and I can vouch for it. I got to budget my shit here. I can't. <laughs> I can't spend a quick forty on a fucking game. 
I have to be wise. It's a wise purchase, though. Boy, don't you start. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about wise. Anyway. Um, all right, so let's do the one other like heavy topic. Uh, the MTG one, we could put in another one. Um, but uh, let's talk about the Twitch, uh, the Twitch assault scandal, uh, which is assault is the wrong word for that. And then we'll talk about our uh, indie titles for the Switch. So, Ooh, we even got Cedric on this, so he can actually contribute, and I'm excited. I know exactly. So, all right. So the Twitch scandal. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a scandal because uh, after watching uh, Penguin's fucking uh, YouTube video on it. So basically, this guy was playing Madden, had his kid on his lap, was streaming it. Um, apparently, he wasn't even playing against anybody. He was just playing the game against the computer. Missed a pass or something, whatever. I don't even know what happened. Got mad, threw his $300 controller, as he says, breaks the controller. The baby freaks out because the baby's sitting on his lap. Then he gets mad at the baby. Then he puts the baby down kind of forcefully, doesn't throw her like people are saying, or him, or whatever. Puts the baby down forcefully and then says, I can't even deal with you right now. And then gets off the stream and then leaves. So, a uh, bunch of layers here. Um, from Penguin's thing, supposedly his wife kicked him out. Um, everyone's saying that it's child abuse. Uh, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's child abuse because he wasn't yelling. I mean, he did get in the kid's face and say, I can't deal with you right now, and then put the kid in the chair. But if you are a fucking parent, at some point, I, I, that something like that has to happen where, like, you're just overwhelmed at the time. And of course he put himself in that situation to be overwhelmed because he freaked out over a fucking video game against the computer, no less. <laughs> that's like in, in my head, that's like that's like losing a Street Fighter match and then whipping my controller at the TV because my fucking I couldn't put in a DP right away or something. Like the the fuck? <laughs> I definitely want to jump in on this one. Yeah, well, you totally can. Go for it. AI. So I was watching that clip earlier today, and uh, it kind of looked like he might have been playing online. I don't know. His game looked laggy, so it might have been lagging or whatever. Looked like the game lagged. He missed the pass or whatever. Did the thing where he said, I can't deal with the child right now. It's open to suggestion on what he did with that child afterwards. Personally, I think he kind of like, it wasn't a throw. But it was like a heavy enough drop to where you can hear the kid was literally dropped in this thing. Did the kid look That's like what it I'm was harmed? No. But the part that was left out and that I saw where I would definitely say this is abuse is he, after he dropped that kid in that seat, he uh, literally in the kid's face yells, shut the fuck up. And then the kid starts bawling. Oh, yeah. And but the kid's scared. And I get yeah. that, like, that's, that's abusive behavior, I kid you not, but, I, like, I've, I'm gonna say this right now, I've done this, like, with my kid, like, I got not, maybe with not related to video games, but I got overwhelmed with just stuff going on, he freaked out, I didn't know what was wrong, I'm like, I can't deal with you right now, put him down in his, like, bouncer chair and walked away, 
And I've been like, like I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up, like literally in your kid's face. No, I said, dude, stop. <laughs> but I yeah, didn't tell him to like, shut the fuck up. Literally, like, <laughs> like got in the kid's face and yelled, shut the fuck up. And I think yeah. that's the part where people are like, that's abused. Right. But at the same time, so here's the thing, though, like. I'm not defending what this guy does because he might have a pattern of abuse. And just from the reactions of fucking throwing your controller, I've never thrown a controller ever in doesn't matter how pissed I've gotten. I've never thrown a controller or even like snapped one. Uh, I take that back. I've broken a, a mouse before, but that was because of outside incidents not related to the game. Anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, it, throwing the controller, one, bad idea. Two, if you have uh, like emotional issues like that when you do play video games, why is your fucking kid there? Three, why are you streaming it with your kid there, if that's the fact? Like, I get, like, people get views by flipping out on their Twitch streams and stuff, but you, you put your kid there. You did that to your kid. Nobody else did that to them. And then they're a child. They don't understand what's going on. Like, the throwing the controller, that freaks them out because it's an aggressive move. S- put it, like, slamming them into a chair, that's an aggressive move. Straight up yelling them, shut the fuck up, is an aggressive mood because they only think that you are mad at them. They're, 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 they don't have the concept of this isn't related to me. But even if, even if it was an older kid, like if I was in the room with that goat and he did shit like that, I'd be like, what the fuck did I do? You know what I mean? Like, it's still the same like reaction, just not in a crying. I don't know. Either way, supposedly his wife kicked him out. Um, and Can't say I blame her. No, and, because uh, if he's doing that to a controller, what's he doing to her for, you know, some other random bullshit? And whatever. who knows what's going on off stream. Right. Whatever that guy, whatever that guy's issue was, he clearly, clearly should be around his fucking child for, and let alone that fucking game console, that's for sure. That dude shouldn't be playing games, in all honesty. If you're gonna fucking roid rage like that, you shouldn't be around fucking video games. I think Twitch even kicked him off. Did Twitch ban him? I Twitch didn't look- banned him, yeah. uh, and the internet got involved, and now child services is involved. And yeah, good. The wife is also trying to do something, you know, against him. I, I guess kicking him out was the first thing. I didn't even hear he got kicked out. I just knew she was trying to take action. Yeah, Penguin said he he got supposedly got kicked out. Yeah, that's what. I, that in my opinion, if any, if there was any time to SWAT, it would have been right there call call child protective services have them go like call the police send them over like check on the fucking kid you know but yes nearly isn't isn't nearly as powerful as you think it is and this is coming from experience with uh another situation in a different family or a family environment for someone else like they 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 won't reach out if it has anything to do with biological parentage well in the so in this case um, I'm gonna because I had child protective services called on me from my crazy ex, and basically, like, there's nothing they can do, like, it, unless they like, like they see the abuse happen. Nothing's going to change right away. And if it's like a single moment in time, which, as far as the world knows, this is a single moment in time. You can only speculate that this happens off stream all the time. From a single mo- from a single moment in time, they're not going to be able to do anything. 
true, but it was a rather explosive moment. It wasn't exactly a normal moment. No, I so, get it. So even if it wasn't something that this no- that this happens on the regular, the extreme reaction, the extreme reaction he had, you can't help but at least only- investigate on the matter. Right, but that's all they're going to do. They're going to come in, ask a few questions, check out the kid. If there's nothing wrong with the kid, then there's no issue. But unless unless he would have physically hit the kid on stream, they would have been able to do nothing right away, other than just do interviews and then check the child. That's it. That's all they can really do. It's it, it is what it is. Uh, again, when the internet got involved, you know, stuff the, the ball is rolling on on specific things. If it was an yes. isolated incident and it and it happened that way, and it, it, that sucks for the for the father, but it, it doesn't sound like this was isolated. This sounds like a string of abuse that's occurring, especially if the the baby mama is taking action. So it's hard for me to believe that there isn't already something going on in the background. Yeah, if she didn't act, then hundred percent, I would agree. It's a it's a single moment in time. It's just bad luck, apparently. But if, since she's taking action, that means that something else is going on, and this is just like the tipping point. Or maybe, yep. or maybe there was no tipping point, and she didn't know that that was happening, and he was, you know, the caretaker for the kid, and now there's proof that he does that shit when she's not around. That's also possible. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, from uh, a stream and just, like, it's all speculation. Unless something comes out and we could follow up. I don't even know. I didn't get the guy's name. I don't even know the dude's stream. There's no way for me to even check to see what's going on. Like, as far as, like, trying to look up documents or anything. So, I'm sure I could find it. That's about it. Like I said, if everything's already handled, it's more just... It's more just an interesting little side note at this point. Yeah. Basically, this this is one of the examples where the internet's a good thing. Yep, absolutely. As much as the cesspool of filth that happens on Twitter every day. <laughs> that's, the, that's what a cesspool the internet truly is. Oh my god. You know what, out of, uh, I guess I'm going to go back and say, like, out of all the shit that we've talked about, not once has have we mentioned what the shit that goes on in 4chan. <laughs> we all know what goes on in 4chan. You just don't speak of it. It's like Sauron or fucking um, what's its name? The evil guy, Voldemort. Yes, thank you. We don't speak of it. I guess 4chan starts a lot of the shit now, though. Yes, but 4chan is always starting shit. It's like the Illuminati. I agree. We know it's there. You know what? So I I actually went out and bought a Kekistani flag, and now I'm actually afraid to put it out in front of my house. (laughs) Thanks, media. For fucking that up for me. I don't know how to help you, man. I think you made you, you made that decision on your own. Well, I just wanted to be I just wanted to be a proud shit talker, and uh, apparently this is it's apparently super racist to fly that flag now. So thanks, internet. It could be worse. I had a friend who, in a moment of sheer mental mental exhaustion, decided that it'd be smart to get the. Uh, to get a Scientology tattoo on his fucking ankle. Oh, Derek. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know Derek? <laughs> what? 
I was trying to keep it anonymous, you asshole. Oh, like, who the fuck doesn't know him? I didn't give his full name. Oh, Jesus. I don't care. You, you, whatever. He can't be I'm the only saying, one with a Scientology like, t- tattoo on his ankle. Maybe. I'm saying. People do weird shit. That's all I'm trying to create the correlation here. Hold <laughs> your tit. I think we will leave it at that. People do weird shite. We'll leave it as is. Uh, whatever. Good thing I can edit. Good thing I can edit this podcast if I needed to and take his name out if he really has a problem with it. <laughs> All right, so probably the last and most fun topic is going to be the Nintendo Switch indie titles that we all love and enjoy and recommend uh, wholeheartedly. Who wants to start? We might have some crossover, but I, I think we have pretty differing styles as far as what we enjoy. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all all across the board. I think we all have our own things. Let me go grab my Switch so I can actually have my list up. You would. Damn right I would. <laughs> well, he's the one with probably with the largest library of indie games, if all honesty. I don't yeah. believe that. I think it's got me no, I don't really have a whole lot downloaded on my Switch. Oh, uh, all right. I guess, guess this is just going to be me and Cedric. No, I have some. I just don't have a lot. <laughs> Shit, calm down. All right. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start then. Jesus. So. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? Um, I guess. I mean, if you haven't played it already, the. Cuphead technically counts as an indie title. Uh, Stardew Valley indie title. Um, and Hollow Knight indie title. So out of like the top three games, those indie titles, I I own all three of them and I have played all three of them and I do enjoy them. The Stardew Valley is kind of cool because, I mean, if you haven't played it yet, um, they have, it's a farming simulator slash like dungeon crawler. It's got aspects to both. The, the time of day affects things. Uh, you can only go so far before you have to fall asleep and then th- things happen. It's, it's very Animal Crossing-esque in 8-bit and super fun, and you can get sucked in like really quick into it. Um, Hollow Knight is that like is a platform... Well, I think it's a platformer. Um... And you play as like a bug in the tunnels and it, you just kind of go through the tunnels and they have boss fights. It's a very cool game. Like there's no way to explain it. It's dark and it's just like the battles can be kind of intense and there's strategy to the battles. It's it's just a fun game. And then obviously Cuphead is the bullet time hell of a landscape where you just if you know how to read patterns, you can beat Cuphead. Um, as far as the three that are not on that list for me, um, well, I don't know if we're doing six, but this is, I'm just kind of going with what I have. Uh, Evil Land is probably one of my favorite indie titles and it's, the concept is really cool. It's game design in, in a game and you unlock by finding chests, different mechanics. And if you bought the Evil Land on the switch it comes with evil land one and two and it's just 
it's just fun. You get to you literally open up a chest and you go, oh, here's a combat system. Open up another chest. Oh, now we can go to uh, 16-bit gaming, or now we can go to 3D gaming, and you can open up um, like bags, uh, spells. You can open up different, literally different mechanics in the game. There's a card game, like mini game that you can open up. It's it's just fun. It's a really cool concept, and I hope they do more because that that game is fantastic. Um, Blood Cursed or Bloodstained, the Castlevania one. That's another one I highly recommend. If you like Castlevania, you will love Bloodstained. Um, there's two versions of that game, um, a one and a two. Now, that title is just phenomenal, and I highly recommend Bloodstained. Fantastic. Yeah. Is that your offerings then? Uh, I mean, yeah, because everything else that I would play is on the like Nintendo Online. Um, some of the games that are on there. Oh, and the the, the Capcom Beat 'Em Up Bundle. It, I I know that's not a really thing, but the Capcom Beat 'Em Up Bundle. If you love beat 'em ups, oh, spicy, very good. <laughs> Race for impact, bitch! This is gonna hurt you more than it hurts me. <laughs> Hat in Time, 3D platformer, amazing, wonderful. Akane, je- random generation, constant dis- uh, uh, isometric view destroyer, s- high speed, fast, cut things down, shoot things, block things, cool, exciting. Uh, AVGN Adventures 1 and 2 Deluxe. If you like side-scrolling platformers from the 16-bit era, there you go. Battle Princess Madeline, a lovely reimagining of the uh, ghouls and ghosts scenario. Bio, Biolab Wars, a really ridiculously cheap game that plays like Contra. Curse of uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 1 and 2, a Castlevania thing, as Jason said. Celeste, do you like platforming? Do you like weird psychological background stories? There you go. Uh, uh, Fight and Rage. Think Streets of Rage, just with more anim- uh, uh, anthropomorphized shit in the background. Gato Roboto. It's a Metroidvania with a cat in a suit of armor. That's all you need to know. Katana Zero. Uh, drugs. Drugs and killing people with sword. Manifold Garden. You like to trip balls while playing in a weird-ass world that, that's full of geometric hells and gravity puzzles? There you go. May, the, 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 um, the Mercenary Saga. There are now three games for that in addition to a bundled game that, start, that starts the whole process. Think Final Fantasy Tactics, but a little bit more scaled down. Uh, Mega Gunvolt 3, uh, it's a weird um, Mega Man-esque thing with uh, Gunvolt and uh, Mighty Number no. 9's, uh, whatever the fuck the, that thing's name is. Uh, Pocket Rumble, Orlando's favorite. It's a Game Boy-esque style beat em up or uh, a fighting game that's really fun. Uh, a Saturday morning RPG. Think 80s cartoons meets an RPG format. Stardew Valley, if you like to sit back and chill and play in a 16-bit world where you grow shit and have have relationships, there you go. The Messenger, do you like fucking Ninja Gaiden? Well, play the game because it's fucking Ninja Gaiden with more flavor. Untitled Goose Game, because it's a goddamn meme right now. War Groove, if you like Advanced Wars in any meaningful way, it's Advanced Wars with a medieval cone of paint on it. The Wonder Boy re-release, Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. If you were like the Wonder Boy series from the original Sega Master System, this is a reimagining of it with the ability to switch between newer graphics and the original graphics and music. There you fucking go. Uh, I'm going to go back and I'm also going to say Guns, Gore, and Cannoli 1 and 2. 
a sequel for that fucker? What? They made a sequel for it? Awesome. Yeah, they did. If you love mobsters and you love zombies and you like side scrollers, then this is the game for you. Guns, Gore, and Cannoli. <laughs> it's I had to get it because I'm an Italian and I love cannolis and what better way than to kill zombies with tons of different weapons? Uh, it's, it's just a fun game. It's a seriously fun game. It's, t- it's hard. It can be hard, but it's fun. All right, Cedric, you're the guest. You get to go next. I'm next. All right. Um, definitely have to piggyback off of some of those that you guys said. Like, definitely Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 1 and 2. They're amazing. Curse of the Moon 2 is really really difficult or maybe i just suck i'm not sure regardless (laughs) it's extremely fun and i i couldn't recommend those even like oh it's so good (laughs) and then uh celeste also really good game um a lot of people get turned off and deterred from like it's like oh it's really hard and you die a lot and it's one of those uh one of those i want to be the guy games right and it's like no you know like you definitely respawn back where you are and the game has such a positive message that i don't want to spoil if you've never played it so uh just for that alone you just have to play it also uh a lot of people are happy that the developers uh came out and said that the main character is actually a transgender so they're very happy about transgender rights they're very positive the developers are amazing they work with the community they love their community so i couldn't recommend celeste enough uh one that i personally cannot stop playing and should have been gaming for the year last year in my opinion and i'm saying this over final fantasy 7 remake which i really enjoyed but i would say that uh the indie game hades i can't fucking stop playing it it is an amazing game and uh, a lot of my games are going to be like roguelikes. I tend to really love roguelikes, but this one puts a new spin on the roguelike where, yes, you kind of, uh, it's one of the ones where, where you die and you kind of get upgrades and you keep going through it. But every death you do is still littered with stories. So they've made this amazing game where they've made it a roguelike, but they've taken the story and kind of molded it around it. So even when you lose, you still get to see what's going on. You still get to see the story unveiled, and it just all ties in so well. And I think I've put almost near 100 hours in this damn game. And even when you beat the game, there's even more content afterwards, more ways to play it, different ways to to increase the difficulty. You, It's only $25, and it should have been 60 in my opinion. Uh, I'll throw a couple random ones in there just because um, all the other ones you guys just mentioned, I, I definitely love those games for sure. Um, if you're into like the uh, the Mega Man Battle Network type of game, then you definitely need to check out One Step from Eden. Uh, it definitely takes from that style, the Mega Man Battle Network style of gameplay, but it adds the uh, roguelike twist onto it. So every run you do is different, but um, you kind of get your abilities through cards and the cards. The developers had a lot of fun with this one just because the cards are tend to be references to stuff like, for example, one of the cards is Swords of Revealing Light, but they don't call it that. 
but it literally looks like the Yu-Gi-Oh cards towards the revealing light. So obviously they had a lot of fun with it. Uh, a couple more uh, Diablo roguelike called Children of Morta, where basically if Diablo was a, a roguelike, then you basically get this with this amazing 2D animation and uh, can't say too much about that. Just I fucking love it. Uh, looking for another one. Da, 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 da. I'm going to Go ahead and say it as well. Had in time, fucking great game. Make sure you get it. Uh, what was the other one I'm looking for? Oh, this one, Full Metal Furies. So this one is a really, really good co-op game if you have friends to play with. It is online, so thankfully you don't have to risk going to anyone's house if you're afraid that your your friend might have COVID. You know, like a like a. <laughs> Like Sorry, Lando over here. Lando here. Lando here just had COVID. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, I'm kind of like it's kind of like a it's got like a beat 'em up aspect to it, but not really at the same time. Just because each character plays differently, and you can upgrade those characters, and the story is very tongue in cheek, very humorous, and uh, basically about four girls going up against uh, this one uh, group, but the story quickly changes. Don't want to spoil it too much, but it's something that I think a lot of people slept on, and it definitely deserves some more attention, so there you go. And last but not least, uh, two things. Um, Slay the Spire. Uh, if you've never played that, it's a deck building roguelike game, which uh, countless hours I've put into that one. But I haven't actually gotten to test this one out yet, but I've heard good things. I'm going to test it out and I'll let you guys know how I, I feel about it afterwards. But Nintendo just released uh, Neoverse for the Switch, which is also kind of akin to. Uh, Slate Aspire. So if you already liked Slate Aspire, then it would be worth checking this out. But um, it depends on how you feel about cute, cute girls, cute anime style girls in your game. Like I think they're all literally anime girls that you can play as. So if you're not, so if you're not into not like Boemon, we're good. <laughs> I don't know, not like that. Um, but yeah, same same gameplay with a few different twists and stuff. I'm definitely going to be checking it out and uh, seeing how it goes from there. So yeah. That's my that's my indie indie pick. Nice. I got nothing because you guys basically picked just about everything I even had. <laughs> uh, I think I think one game. My, after looking into my switch list, I had like maybe two indie titles on there. I had Pocket Rumble and Streets of Rage Four. Yeah. Oh yeah, Streets. I um I think it's not one to say that there I have I don't no, normally work with the uh, indie titles. It's that I mean I took out my 3ds to check to see if I even had any indie titles that's worth mentioning, and um, Shantae and the, the, the Shantae series. That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, a, that's right. about what we expected from you. Great. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> So, no, I wasted my time then. Wonderful. You didn't waste anything. You added a lot. Anyway. Um, right. <laughs> the the one game I think I'm going to pick up that is an indie title, and I keep, every time it goes on sale, I kick myself that I didn't get it, 
is a child of light i really want to try that game out uh it looks fun it looks it looks like another platformer style game uh i don't really know the premise behind it but it just it looks good um it's amazing i have it for the vita and it's really it's a really good uh rpg okay there's one RPG that I do want to try because it's inspired by Paper Mario. It's called Bug Fables. Uh, and I heard it's a real charming... Uh, it is a, uh, a faithful recreation of the old-school Paper Mario style, if that's the sort of thing you're into. I wouldn't mind it, except, you know, I'm not terribly interested in a game about insects. But I guess if anything can be worked out into a game, I guess that could work. I don't know. Don't quote me on that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I actually want to get that game too because they talked. I I heard about it like a year. I think it was like last year they were talking about. It. I was like, this is a really awesome Paper Mario game, and it's just like every every time a new Paper Mario game comes out, you know, they bitch about how it's not like the old Paper Mario. Dude, all people want is a thousand year door remastered or or or, or like a fan game. That's what all pe- these people want. They have no interest in trying a new Paper Mario game because well, they bitched about all the 3DS ones and they bitched about the, the the Wii U one. Well, they want they don't want a remaster of the thousand year door. They want a sequel to the thousand year door, something that isn't from what has been show um, done so far. They take like a couple steps forward and. And double step, double the step back. Yeah, and they're never going to get that because if anybody hundred, I've told this before, you, you are not going to get Nintendo to take direct action in in the in a way that you want unless you are going to use mafioso style threats mm-hmm. to make them do so. And you better have the firepower to back that up because they don't ever listen to their fans when it comes to direct. I um, want- Ironically, that is their excuse, though. According, oh, I know. According to one of their, um, according to one of the uh, the producers, he stated that the reason why they don't go to those older styles is because, based on an outdated um, Nintendo club, the Club Nintendo survey, they so the the people that they surveyed hated the old school Paper Mario's. Which is why they decided never to go back to it. Well, then. Has anybody, Sounds like someone, someone checked on the wrong survey. Has anybody played Okami? Yes, is it I any, have. Is it any good? Because that was another one of the indie titles it, I was thinking about picking up. Okay, if you like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, that is basically it. It's, oh. it's structured in that style. But the story is... Um, it's decent. It's got an interesting twist on the old Japanese mythos with uh, some lovable characters. And uh, Amaterasu is pretty likable for the most part when you combine it with the old man. You'll understand if you play it. Yeah, that's also Child, not- Child of Light and Okami are like on my, my top two next time they go on sale for the Switch. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, uh, I think we've covered everything. Holy shit. From but between the four of us, I think we have every well-known indie title and then some uh, in our repertoire. No, it's between you three. 
I barely have any. <laughs> I barely have any. <laughs> like, the, the one, there are some that you guys have mentioned I actually have, but because of it, I basically crossed it off the list. It's like, I can't mention that. They already said it. Can't mention that one either. They already mentioned that. Oh, son of a bitch! Mention that one. We tend to enjoy the same games. It's it's like we always we pick them up in a different order, though. That's the that's what usually happens. Like you guys will get something, and then I'll grab something else. Like Evo Land, I grabbed it, and then I immediately told Drew, "I'm like, dude, you need to get this game." <laughs> and then I did, and I played it till I got stuck, and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's easy to get stuck in because then you you'll like miss a chest somewhere and not unlock something, but uh, you could always go back and find it. I think. I'm know. still stuck in Ninja Guide Three. Still can't beat the final boss. You know what game I got stuck? In? I got stuck in Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox when it first came out. <laughs> I could not fig- the fucking wall running one. I could not figure out how to beat some of those bosses. That was supposed to be the harder one. It, I've been told Razor's Edge is the easiest out of the fucking games, and I still can't beat the final boss. What the fuck is with the damage here? <laughs> I got stuck on Tales of Vesperia. I got to the final boss, and um, I don't think I leveled up enough, and I may have to restart the game now. Because <laughs> now I'm, have, I'm stuck at the boss Tales fight. I Zesteria because I'm at the final boss, but I keep trying to over-level my characters. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm in a weird spot in Tales of Vesperia on the last boss, because I think I saved right before the final fight, but I can't leave the room that I'm in. So... I might have to restart the game. <laughs> Good luck with that. I know, right? <laughs> well, now I know. Don't rush through the main story. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think we got Do we get everything? I think we got everything. Anybody yeah, got, we did. Anybody got any last words? Uh, yeah. Never buy Final Fantasy VII Remake if you don't have the fucking data to the fucking storage to fill in because apparently you practically need a goddamn terabyte of data to be able to play the fucking game. They keep telling me that you only need 108 gigs. No, because no matter how much fucking data I use, no matter how much fucking data I free up, it's never enough. Uh, When I had remake, I had to archive a lot and then put remake on. I have an external hard drive because I wasn't fucking around. Yeah, I, I was too lazy to buy an external. <laughs> I bought it for Doom Eternal, that's why. Got it. Yeah. Oh, that was beauty. Doom 2016. I know he said Eternal. I'm going with 2016 because I just finished it. Uh, nice. I can't wait to get Eternal. I still haven't played, I still haven't gone back to Ghost of Tsushima. I've literally passed like the first tutorial part. <laughs> I haven't gone any further. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'll maybe I'll play some tomorrow. Who knows? Um, yeah, Cedric, do you want to be found on social media? <laughs> no. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I really. All right. Really um, fine. So, well, I guess we're gonna wrap up the show then. Um, you can find us at Angry Wargamer on Twitter, uh, Angry Wargamer Podcast on Facebook. Angry Wargamer on YouTube uh, if you really want to subscribe there. Uh, again, if you're listening to this, you probably caught us on Podbean, uh, Spotify, or Apple Music. Give us likes, ratings, whatever. Or, you know, get to know one of us and end up on the show as a listener. Um, 
yeah. And you can find Drew at Punk Toast on Twitter. And then at Ragnarok Night is Lando. And that is it, folks. And remember, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves.